grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for today is from Genesis, and really our epistle lesson. Uh, the epistle talks about the cross is folly. The, the Old Testament lesson talks about the Ten Commandments. And the Ten Commandments are one road to heaven, and the cross, which is folly to the world, is another road to heaven. So, Exodus chapter 20. Where God says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. I visit the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. But I show steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Dear friends of Christ, you know, I, again, I want to warn you that as we go through this, uh, this is going to be a simple message. And uh, it's really simple, really, really simple. And, and yet it's so simple that the vast majority of the world stumbles over it. They stumble over the cross, and they don't get why a man died on the other side of the world 2,000 years ago, and now we're supposed to have life in his name. And it makes nonsense. It makes no sense to them. Well, let me begin on this simple sermon to ask you a simple question. What's the most important thing in your life? The most important thing. And the most important thing, the Bible's answer is that you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Jesus stressed his very point when he said, What profit, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and yet forfeit his own soul? So it's about gaining life. So, our souls and our bodies have two places they can go. They can go to eternal perdition and burn in the everlasting flames of hell, or our souls and our bodies can be delivered into the kingdom of God in eternal life in heaven. The word there is zoe. It's a fullness of life. It's a joyful life, a life we don't know here today, a complete life. So there's only two places, heaven or hell. And Have I lost anybody yet? You're still with me? You can go to heaven, you can go to hell. Okay. Um, there are also two different ways to get to heaven. Uh, there is uh, two roads, so to speak. So I want us to consider those two roads today as our theme is uh, two roads to heaven. The first road to heaven is the road by grace. That's the road we're on right now as Jesus is journeying to the cross to suffer and die for the sin of the world so that through the blood of Christ all people might be saved. That's, that's one road by grace. Undeserved love. True mercy, just a gift. There's another road, though, that, uh, that our Old Testament talks about through obedience. You can get to heaven by keeping the Ten Commandments. Now, I don't want to say that the Ten Commandments are unholy, because they certainly are not. They are the rules that God has given us, the moral covenant, the moral contract, and they're binding for every generation. God expects you to keep all of those Ten Commandments. And he says, and if you do it, and if you keep those Ten Commandments, and you do it perfectly, well, you can get to heaven. And so here you've got this whole thing, this perfect obedience to God's law, the Ten Commandments, and, and that moral perfection. The problem is, is that we're not morally perfect. Jesus once met a man who wanted to go to heaven. And so this man asked Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Or we can simplify his words, since it's a simple sermon. How do I get to heaven? 
And so Jesus asked him, well, how do you read the law? How do you read the Ten Commandments? And the man answered, you shall, and he, he quotes scripture, he does a good job. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind. And then love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, you've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your soul, with all your mind. Nothing is left. And then love your neighbors yourself and you will have Zoe life. You will make it to eternal life in heaven. So that is a path. It is a path to get to heaven. The problem is, is we don't love God above all things. How many times in your life have you hurt somebody? How many times in your life have you hurt God because of your disobedience? Already, we haven't done this and we won't live. The Ten Commandments offer a salvation. They offer a path if we are perfect. So this is a problematic road. To help illustrate this, I'm going to use PowerPoint. And you might want to turn off the lights, you know, uh, uh, maybe dim the, the overhead lights a little bit so that we can maybe see this a little better. Um, you see the man on the, on the cliff over there. Uh, this is where all mankind lives. And what happens is there's a chasm of sin. Because of our sin, we are separated from God. This is God, this is everlasting life, and this is heaven. You can't get to the other side, and there's no way, there's no road, there's no path, there's no airplane, there's no rope, there's no ladder. There's no way to get to the other side except by walking, or you can try to jump. But the chasm is a mile long. And the greatest broad jumper, long jumper uh, in the history of man that we know of, the world record is 29 feet. So here all humanity is, separated from God. And of course, man's problem is we've fallen into sin. We deserve eternal punishment and death. And so there is everlasting condemnation where the souls of those who do not believe in God will go. So there are two places to go. There's heaven or there's hell. And if we try to span the chasm of sin, there's only one place to fall, and that's eternal pain and eternal suffering and death. And so you see man's problem. And so we say, well, how can we get to the other side? We're separated from God. Well, we can't jump. So how are we going to get to heaven? How do you get to heaven? Well, we obviously can't jump, and our good works won't get us there. So because we've broken the Ten Commandments, that path isn't available. So maybe we'll, le we'll lean on God's grace quite a bit. We'll depend on Christ's sacrifice quite a bit. We're thankful that He's come, and so God's grace will be 50% of our life. And the other 50% is my prayer and, 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 my, and my devotion to God and, and my good living. But the bridge <coughs> represents God's grace. It's dependable. But the other 50% is my life. And remember, I've not kept the commandments. So I've not loved the way I should. I deserve God's punishment. Are you willing to step out on that bridge if this string that is there is just powerful enough to hold up the bridge and one step on that bridge will cause it to fall, in, fall into the pit of the abyss of hell?
You feel comfortable stepping out on that bridge? What do you think will be the result? Eternal suffering and death, right? Well, what if we change the scenario? Because we're not going to make it safely across there. What if we change the scenario and we'll say, okay, how about if the bridge represents 75% of God's grace? So God is going to do 75% of the work, and I'm now expected to do 25% of the work. I'm going to live holy. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to do all the things that God has expected me. I'm going to do the best of my ability anyway. At least I'm going to be better than most people. And so you build your path to eternal life mostly on God and a little bit on you. Are you going to make it across safely? And of course, that string still bothersome, isn't it? That part of your life is not going to get you there. Will you make it across safely? No, you won't. Because that string will snap as soon as you take a step onto the bridge. And you will spend eternal life in hell. So what kind of path can you get to heaven? Well, let's, let's try another scenario. Let's say 90%. That's a lot. 90% of God's grace. That's 90% of Jesus on the cross. 90% of His blood. That's a lot. And only 10% of me. Surely that's enough 10% of me is enough then for me to get into heaven. If I'm just religious, if I just look religious, if I talk religious, if I sound religious, if I go to Bible studies, if I have the right kind of language and people see in me a religious person and think I'm somehow better than at least all the others, maybe that's got to count for something. At least, 5%, at least 10%. Would you be willing to step out in faith on that bridge knowing that that would lead you to eternal life? Take that first step? Well, do you not trust the bridge? Or is it the string part you have a problem with? Are you going to make it safely across? No. And we change it one more time. We, uh, we're 95%. And then the 10% is, or 5% is, is keeping the commandments. So you're going to try to keep those commandments that God gave us because their commandments are good. And the commandments are the rules of God for all men. They're the moral code. This is how we're supposed to live for God. You say, I am going at least 5% of my life, depend my life on keeping those commandments. And then the rest of the 95% is going to be God's solid grace. Are you going to make it to heaven? Are you going to be able to make the journey? Make it across safely? Or fall to your eternal death? The string's still a problem, isn't it? How about if we take 99.9% of God's grace and only 0.01% of our philanthropy and, our, and the kindness of our heart and the good deeds of the things we do to mankind. We feed the poor and we do all those type of things. Surely that should count for something. 0.01%. And how many of you would be willing to step onto that bridge and get your way to eternal life? Are you, is it going to get you there safely? No, it's not. So what's the answer? Man and God have been separated by sin. There are only two places we can go, heaven and hell. So what is a path to heaven? How do we bridge the chasm of sin? And of course, it is bridged with the cross. During the season of Lent, we follow Jesus. 
and we follow to the cross. And in our epistle lesson, we learn, and the cross is foolishness to man, because this makes no sense why a man would shed his blood and all of us would be deemed forgiven. And all of us would be deemed now holy in Christ. Worthy to make the journey across the cross through the blood of Christ. And now you and I have access into the eternal kingdom of God and heaven and eternal life. The Ten Commandments aren't going to help us there, are they? They may be holy and they're good, but they're no path to salvation. They will just show us our need all the more because I'm a sinner that I need Christ's blood to suffer and die for me that I might have life. So the lost, those who consider the cross foolishness, those who don't believe in the cross of Jesus Christ are lost in the flames. They don't know who they are. They don't know where they're going. They don't know their fight. Well, Jesus saved us from this curse. He saved us from eternal death. He gives us the hope of eternal life. And He doesn't just deliver it to us. He paid the price. He's the one who came to set us free from the power of sin. He's the one who suffered and died to set us free from the power of of death. We're redeemed. Our sins have been paid for before we know that our old self was crucified with Christ so that our old body of sin might be done away with, buried in the waters of baptism, drowned, this is the baptismal language we're talking about in Romans 6, that our old body of sin might be drowned in baptism, done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to the sin that is in us, the Ten Commandments that we fail to live up to, that we're no longer slaves to this law because anyone who has died is now freed from sin. Freed from sin. Now, how does that take place? How do we become freed from sin? Well, I've shown this to you before in a sermon illustration before. Once again, an important illustration. Here you see our sin ledger. It's black. That's because you were born, you were conceived in sin. You were conceived an enemy of God, blind, dead, condemned to eternal death. This is our ledger. Our souls are black with sin by nature. And then because we are by naturally sinful, we do sinful things. We break the commandments. And we don't honor our parents, and we don't put God first above all things. And we, and we do cheat, and we do lie, and we do covet. And so each of these individual things are sins that we do that we think are so greatly offending to God when it actually, well, the great offense is just that we are by nature sinful and unclean. This is Christ's ledger. This is his life. He has no sin at all. Why? Because, again, he's sinless. He's perfect. He's, 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 he's kept all the commandments. Again, our ledger and Christ's ledger, there has to have an exchange. Christ doesn't just let us walk on His back through the blood of His sacrifice freely. Something has, to t- something has to happen. We have to be made holy. And so an exchange takes place. Jesus Christ then exchanges His perfect life for our sinful life. And so we watch as the exchange takes place. Christ then takes on our sin, and then we then receive the holiness of God. And now, because we have been made holy, we've been declared righteous through the blood of Christ, we are now allowed to walk in that bridge, that cross that Jesus Christ has laid for us to the way of salvation, which is 100% by His grace. 
And so by Christ's substitute, Christ now gives us his perfect life, and he becomes sin for us. And then Jesus is crucified, and he's punished by our Heavenly Father that we might be set free. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And the only road to heaven is through the cross. The road that leads to heaven is narrow. The road that leads to hell, through obedience and our own lives, is broad. And that's why Isaiah said, The Lord laid on Christ the iniquity of us all. And Paul spoke about this exchange of forgiveness when he said, God made him in Christ to become sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. And so now Christ has given you the forgiveness of sins. You, Jesus is your bridge, and he's the only bridge that spans that chasm, that chasm of that canyon of separation between God and man. And you can do one of two things. You can try to do a leap of faith and just believe that somehow your life can get you there, or you can believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved and walk on his bloody back, the, black that was beat, the back that was beaten for you, and the wounds that were shed for you, that you might have life. And Jesus calls out to you and he says, Come, come and follow me, all you who are weak and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest, for I am the narrow road that leads to heaven. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.